You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. Hey guys, welcome to 1071 of Hillbilly Shorts. Well, hello, y'all. You put way too much thought into to get that out of it. I know. Actually, my toe hurts. I'm falling apart. Well, let's worry less about your toe and more about mistletoe, because I have Christmas stories today. Oh, really? Well, you, we'll see. Oh, no. <laughs> so most people, Tracy, would assume that October is meant to be the scariest time of year, right? Yes, sir. Well, December can be pretty scary, too. Most people don't associate Christmas with being scary, but in, you know, hundreds of years ago, ghost stories were the tradition to tell at Christmas. That's so weird. They're not. So, anyways, I've got some Christmas stories that night might not be the norm, it might not be ones you've heard of. So, allow me to ruin the holiday spirit for just a moment. Right. <laughs> Being the darkest and coldest month of the year, December has traditionally been a time of horror stories. The 19th century is full of Christmas-themed horrors, especially ghost stories. Charles Dickens, anyone? <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, one of the most famous yeah. Christmas stories of all time involves four ghosts. It does. Long before that, ancient pagan religions and rituals have some truly terrifying figures who do a lot of worse then stuff some coal in your stocking for neglecting your chores. Ooh. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is, I think it's called Perchta, but it could be Perkta. I didn't look it up. She. This is a Celtic goddess. And she's a hardcore Santa Claus and not in a fun way. She came up through the Alpine regions around the Middle Ages as sort of a traditions police. Her job was to make sure that cultural taboos did not get tabooed, so to speak. So not double tabooed? (laughs) (laughs) So during the 12 days of Christmas, and especially on the 12th night, because she procrastinates like a college student who crams for a chore or you do with laundry. Oh, you got to throw me under the bus for. She would roam the frozen countryside and sneak into people's homes. If the children and the servants of the house had behaved and worked hard all year, she might give them a small silver coin, hiding it in a shoe or a pail. Okay. (laughs) That sounds fun. Yeah. But if they were on a naughty list, Perkta would slit their bellies open, remove all their guts, and stuff the body (laughs) with straw and pebbles. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of took a turn for the worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get this treatment, you don't have to do much. Girls who hadn't spun all of their flax or wool that year would become Christmas straw dolls. I mean, how does she know that? Is she like Santa Claus and knows when you've been sleeping? Oh, well, come on now. Or even if someone ate something on their day of feast other than the traditional foods of fish and gruel. Uh-oh. Must be worth a... <laughs> so, you know, everyone was up for grabs. Oh, yeah. What's a gruel? I think it's like porridge. Porridge? I think it's something like that. Oh, I'd be down for some porridge. Why don't they just call it porridge? You've never had porridge in your life. It's oatmeal. I think it's a little different than oatmeal. Because I've seen it in the stores where you can buy it. It's like in a... 
No way it says porridge. Yeah, it's like a tube. It's hard to explain. Okay, yeah, no. Mm-mm. It looks like a, a it looks like a a rounded like a giant round uh, rounded pill, but it's but it's it plastic and it's got the stuff inside and you cut the lid off and I'm not doing a good job of explaining that. But how, how you just make crap up? I'm not. I'm telling you, but that's what it is. <sighs> I think it's like cornmeal or something. I oh, don't, I don't know. You could rewrite. I have no clue. Santa Claus, homicide detective. I love Santa. Maybe not this one. When he wasn't committing crimes such as breaking and entering, the French version of Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, was out solving crimes. His specialty was murder. If he was in a particularly good mood, he'd bring them back to life in a disappointing non-zombie-like fashion. One such story begins with three children who got lost in the woods. Because, you know, terrible things like this happen when children venture off into the woods, right? Uh, You know this is right. They stumble upon the butcher's house and they ask for help. He invites them in, fattens them up, and sends them to bed. Then he gets the worst host of the year award by chopping them into little pieces and sticking them in a barrel of salt for petites celeste, a salty pork dish. Um, That's really gross. Seven years later, St. Nicholas decides to go for a walk in the middle of nowhere and also knocks on the same butcher's door. When he's inside, he asks for some petites celeste. The butcher gets him something fresh. St. Nicholas gives him a look and says, Why don't you give me that meat you prepped seven years ago? Damn, he don't forget nothing. You homicidal maniac. Okay, I made that last part up. I was going to say, I know Santa didn't say that. He's probably a lot classier than that. Anyway, then he sticks his fingers in the right barrel, and the three kids magically spring back to life. Some versions of the story, the butcher becomes St. Nicholas' assistant, Pierre Futard. I guess murdering three kids for meat is good on the resume. <laughs> what are you just looking like? I mean, <laughs> so he brings them back to life. So what's the kids say? Dang. I think they, they said. They probably had a complex because they thought they weren't good enough to eat. I think they said, happy birthday. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> Ew. You're silly. That's a gross story, actually. It is gross. Unless he brought him back. I mean, that'd be cool. Well, he but, did bring him back. Well, I mean, I know he did, but I'm just saying that was the cool part. But, ooh, gosh. I don't know. Blech. So, I think the moral of the story is if you if Santa Claus comes knocking on your door, just lie to him and you'll end up with a better job. Because that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Anyways. Well, yeah, but if you lie, you're on the naughty list. I know, but it, but he turned around and gave made the guy his assistant. So, what are you gonna say? Anyways, it is what it is. Don't make me hate Santa Claus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you some more tomorrow. Hey guys, welcome to episode one thousand and seventy two. Shorts. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy said she was going to sneeze, so I started recording anyway. <laughs> okay, so if it comes out, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right, so I told you we were going to have more of those uh, disturbing Christmas kind of stories. So here we go. The Nutcracker. Mm. Can't imagine where this is going. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've all heard the story. Some of those more cultured than myself might have gone out and seen the ballet. Cute as the dance may be, the story's rather horrifying. <laughs> it starts with a young girl named Marie. She receives a nutcracker for Christmas, which her brother then breaks trying to crack a particularly large nut. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> She patches the doll up with some ribbon from her dress until her clockmaker, I almost misread that, <laughs> Godfather can properly fix it up. Oh, well, that was smart on her part. That night, while everyone's asleep, Marie sneaks back downstairs to be with the Nutcracker. But as the clock strikes midnight, things go from mildly creepy doll obsession to full-blown horror movie. Rats pile into the house from seemingly nowhere. Led by, the seven, led by the seven-headed mouse king. Let me repeat that. Seven heads. Yeah, just shoot me now. I'd be, I would be crying in the corner somewhere. Marie finds herself magically shrunk to the mouse's size, but lucky for her, all the other dolls, many of them toy soldiers, spring to life and start battling the rats. All right. They're led by none other than the, the nutcracker. nutcracker. It doesn't go too well for the dolls. Until Marie takes off her slipper and chucks it at the Mouse King, distracting him <laughs> long enough for the Nutcracker to kill him. Piercing him in his eyeball with her high heel. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, when you like to do that, when you like to like shrink down to like a doll size and do that and fun. No. Oh. Don't sound fun to me. Marie passes out. When she wakes up, normal size, the room's a mess. There are seven tiny crowns scattered all, all around her. Years later, Marie professes her love for the Nutcracker and that night finds herself doll-sized again. This time it's permanent and she spends the rest of her days living with the Nutcracker. Well, don't her family wonder what happened? See, again, you always dive into the things that... What? 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 Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure her family wondered what happened, but that's not what the theory of the story I is. I know. I'm sure Dorothy's grandparents wondered what the hell happened to her when she was knocked out, laying on the bed while she was thinking about the wizard and all that stuff. I think that's a cute story. I like it. And especially the part where they killed them stupid mice. <laughs> Freaking. Bleh. Tracy, what's Christmas without a little murder? I don't know, but I guess you're going to tell me, right? A girl named Juliet is home alone. And she lives with her single mother, who's a nurse taking the night shift. Juliet just finished decorating the Christmas tree when there's a scratching at the door to their apartment. She sees a man dressed in a dirty Santa Claus suit. It's Santa Claus, she says. Juliet may only be 11 years old, but she's not an idiot. She refuses to open the door and she threatens to call the police when he doesn't leave. His solution to this little dilemma? An axe. Juliet hides in the closet while he busts down the door. When he finds her, she manages to stab him in the eye with a coat hanger. And it all goes downhill from there. Juliet's mom finally manages to drag her ass home around midnight. She finds the door busted open and the Christmas tree decorated with bits of Juliet. <gasps> no! Fa la 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 la. No, you're lying. Yep. Oh, my Lord. 
And I think that's actually, uh, I think that's actually a short story. There was, what did I watch? I watched something. Oh, it was one of the, um, one of the new American Horror Story deals that they had in before the regular season started this past year. They had some little shorts. Each each episode was just a, a one of, and in one of the one of those episodes, there was like four guys that lived in in a house together. They were like college age, but they were live streaming all the time, and that's how they made their money. Mm-hmm. And there was a murderer that came in there, and I can't. The murderer was somebody famous, and I can't think of who it was. It was somebody really famous, and and but. He came in dressed as Santa Claus, and he killed one of them. And when the police came in, the tree had little body parts all over it. So it's probably Dude. taken from that. That's awful. I wish I could think of who played Santa Claus. It was somebody you know. It's like a, it's a big name. Oh well. I don't like him. Well, I don't know what to tell you. We'll do one more. Greek we- goblins. That's a scary picture right there. I wish you guys could see it. Around southern Europe, there was a legend of the. Karan, well, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this one. Karan Karan Concolus. Yeah, K A R A N K O N C O L O S goblins. I don't think I could ever get that. These little monsters lived underground throughout the year, and they only came up during the twelve days of Christmas. Although some say they're only up for the first ten days of Zimhari. The dreadful cold, as late December is freaking freezing, of course. Most say that they're more annoying than harmful, pulling pranks, causing mischief, and demanding piggyback rides from humans. But in Turkey, it's a different story. They'll hang out on the streets at night. They ask seemingly ordinary questions to passerbys, and if you don't answer correctly, the goblin kills you. The correct answer is Kara which is Turkish for black. Another favorite hobby of these creatures that I'm not going to try to pronounce is calling out to people while imitating the voices of their loved ones, luring them into the cold in the hopes that they'll freeze to death. Damn, it's so rude. (laughs) That picture is awesome. I'm saving that. So what do you think about that story? I don't like any of them. I know you don't. Anyways, that wraps it up for this one. We'll be back tomorrow to finish it up and finish out our week. Now I gotta go watch Rudolph and Frosty. We're not watching either one of those. Um, and you can bite me because yes, I will. <laughs> You've watched it three times already, and I will watch it again. And it's taped. And I don't care. All right, guys, we love you. We'll talk to you later. So bite me. Hey, guys, if you like what you just heard. We do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode, and then a story that's just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories, or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com, and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.